Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. My name is Dana Cree. I'm the executive pastry chef for the Publican, and I just released my first cookbook, Hello, My Name is Ice Cream. You're a two-time James Beard-nominated pastry chef at Publican Quality Meats in Chicago. What makes ice cream magical for you? Oh, how much time do you have? One of the things I love about ice cream most is that it's one of the foods that we don't even remember having our first bite of. It's been with us for so long, and we eat it at such a young age that it's always been there with us. Um, There's so many foods that I make now that I discovered along my life, like cream puffs or um, old-fashioned donuts, uh, stuff like that, but for ice cream, it's just like so ingrained in who we are as Americans and probably most of the world too. Um, That seems really magical to me. But cooking wise, when I learned how to make ice cream in culinary school, it, it really seemed like a magic trick to me. Like, I don't even know if I realized that you could make ice cream. And when they taught us how to stir like milk and sugar and eggs together and thicken it and then pour this liquid into a machine and watch ice cream come back out of it, it really just seemed like a magic trick. I'm curious, what is Ice Cream College? Ice Cream College is sort of a nickname that um, has been given to the Penn State Ice Cream Short Course. Uh, Pennsylvania State or Penn State has a dairy science program, and they've been running this ice cream short course for over 100 years. Um, It started as a extended education course for dairy farmers in the area during the winter season when their cows weren't milking so they could come in and learn how to make a value-added product for the milk that they were producing. Nowadays, it's uh, less dairy farmers and more people who work in the industry. So uh, there was a woman who was a food scientist for uh, a chocolate company that wanted to add ice cream to their product line. There are people who work for Um, the companies that manufacture the machines. There are people who work for the companies that make flavorings for ice cream. Um, There were lots of people with food science degrees, uh, a handful of people who own ice cream shops, um, a couple people who are just there for fun, um, which is a pretty intense course to take just for fun. Uh, And then there was uh, me. Is it more hands-on or more book? kind of book learning? It's a lot of book learning. Um, we, we did have some labs. So there were, we watched demos of a bunch of different machines churning and um, got a lot of equipment demos. But for the most part, it was all lectures. They don't teach you how to make ice cream there. They teach you how to manufacture ice cream. So the science behind ice cream is so interesting. Tell us about the five components of ice cream. So the five components of ice cream are sort of these invisible ingredients that make up what ice cream is. And it's sugar, fat, water, or ice, protein, and air. And these components all combine together to create the texture of ice cream. And each one of them plays a very uh, structural part in helping sort of weave together the texture of ice cream, which is a liquid, a solid, and a gas all at the same time. And getting all three of those states of matter to stay put 
and in harmony requires an incredible amount of balance. You wrote in the book about um, how various sugars change the texture. How many types of Mm -hmm. sugars are there? There's sucrose, which is the table sugar that we use, um, which is a disaccharide, which means it is two sugar molecules bonded together with a hydrogen bond. And those two molecules are glucose and fructose. So fructose is the sugars found in fruit. Um, It's also honey and agave syrup are um, almost entirely made out of fructose, which is why they're so sweet and why they're so sticky. Um, And there's maltose, um, which we didn't really go over um, because it's not super relevant, but lactose is the milk, the sugar in milk. And each of those sugars has a different um, perceived sweetness. So we consider table sugar to be like 100 on the chart of perceived sweetness. And that's just because it's the most familiar and sort of the standard that everybody relates other sugars to. Um, Fructose is much, much sweeter than sucrose. And then glucose is less sweet than sucrose. Um, And then as far as adding sugars to control the level of sweetness, that's one of the things that we do in the book. We call for glucose, which is not, there's no glucose in the, aisle in your grocery store next to the corn syrup or honeys. Um, So it's one of those ingredients that there are options you can use in the book if you can't find it. But if you do go out and find glucose, it will help you maintain a very pleasant level of sweetness in your ice creams. But the other thing glucose does when we add it to our ice creams is it's a monosaccharide, which means it is a single sugar rather than a double sugar bonded together. And by weight, like if you just look at the same volume or weight of sugar, a disaccharide can bond with two water molecules. But a monosaccharide, there are twice as many monosaccharides because they're half the size within the same weight. So they can each bond with two water molecules as well. So a monosaccharide will bind twice as much water for the amount you put in there. So basically... Whenever you see an ice cream book suggest, if you add corn syrup, it'll make your ice cream less icy. Or if you add corn syrup, it'll make your ice cream softer. Well, corn syrup that we can buy on the shelves in our store is, um, it's all glucose. So basically, it binds with twice as much water, and therefore that water can't freeze when we churn our ice cream, and it keeps it just a touch softer. How does the speed of churning make a difference? Um, So when we churn ice cream, we add air to it, just like whipping cream. So the faster the beater turns, the more air we whip into our ice cream, which makes it lighter and fluffier or denser and firmer, depending on more the faster or slower we go. There's really only one machine on the market that gives you any sort of option to change the speed on your ice cream maker and that's the KitchenAid ice cream maker. Since you have control over the the paddle, you can turn it up a little bit and make a lighter ice cream, or you can turn it down and make slower ice creams. Otherwise, all home machines really um, move at a pretty slow pace. I want to talk to you about the measuring terms in this cookbook. You use cups, spoons, grams, and percentages. Talk a little bit about yeah. that. So one of the things that I introduced in the book is something that uh, Michael Roman wrote about 
um, a while ago and wrote a whole cookbook on that it's so important to ice cream and it's the ratio. Um, ice cream is so, so much about the way the ingredients interact with each other that I really wanted people to see exactly what that was. And when you work with cups and spoons, it's very hard to conceptualize how the ingredients are interacting with each other because the volume measurements don't necessarily compare to each other very well. Like three egg yolks compared to three quarters of a cup of sugar is really hard to conceptualize. But 75 grams compared to 200 grams, it's very easy to see like how those two things relate to each other and conceptualize that. And even more so when we know, know that a batch of ice cream is 100%, 10% to 25% is very, very, very easy to see. So professionally, I use ratios. And then um, I use grams defined by the ratios. Um, and I wanted to give people sort of the option to use any measurement that was comfortable for them. Um, but in, when you work in grams, the measurements are so much smaller that you can add a layer of detail and nuance to your recipes that you can't with cups and spoons. Because when you're working with cups and spoons, you only have a few options, a quarter cup, a third of a cup, a half of a cup, um, two-thirds of a cup. These are very large increments. So the, the gram recipes and the cups and spoons aren't exact um, translations of each other. The cups and spoons are balanced within their own recipe and the grams are balanced within their own recipe. Um, they don't yeah, add up to exactly the same thing because what happens is you either end up with a, like when you see cookbooks with the exact translations, they end up making one of the disciplines too hard to use. So you either have the grams are very balanced and then you have measurements like one cup, one cup minus a teaspoon minus a tablespoon, um, which just feel really clunky and irritating. So we actually went ahead and tested all of the recipes in two different measurements to make sure that each of them worked for our readers, um, depending on which style they felt more comfortable with. Wow, that sounds laborious. Yes, this whole book was laborious <laughs> in the most wonderful way. Ice cream really became popular after refrigeration became common. Howard Johnson's had 28 flavors. Then Baskin-Robbins outdid them with 31 flavors, one for every day of the month. And now you've taken ice cream to the next level with hundreds of flavor profiles. Um, one of them is Haystack ice cream. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I spent a little bit of time in Denmark. And at the time... Uh, they had started using hay as an ingredient. Um, and I had staged at Noma for a summer as an intern. And one of the dishes I saw them make was uh, fresh strawberries with a chamomile broth, wild herbs, and hay ice cream. And it was one of the most delicious things I'd ever tasted. Really? And the story behind it. Yes, the story behind it was incredible, of course, because with Noma, it's about time and place. So they had gone out to the strawberry field and picked strawberries, and they had seen wild chamomile growing, like, within the fields 
but between each of the rows of strawberries, it was packed with hay. And I was like, oh, that's the straw and strawberries. You're <laughs> right. So much sense. I've, ne- <laughs> I've never thought of that. Yeah. So oh it's very God. common to, to pack hay in strawberry fields for mo- to keep the moisture. So Does the hay take back. on a strawberry kind of flavor at all? No. Um, it, so I've used a lot of different hays and if you think about like hay is really not that much different than wheat. It's just a different part of the plant. Um, so it takes on these very, very grassy green tea notes, but it also has a very toasty flavor like, uh, toasted wheat. And, um, depending on the hay, they can have so many other like undertones to it. Um, I made a hay ice cream at another restaurant in Denmark that had so many cinnamon notes to it. People kept asking if I put cinnamon in it, but it was truly just the hay. And we've since gotten oats at Publican that have the same quality. So it's not easy to find. um, And it may be the least made recipe in the book, but I still just wanted to put it out there. Um, If you can get your hands on some hay and I... I told everybody what I do, which is just go down to the farmer's market and harass everybody until someone agrees to bring me some, which usually I can find by the third or fourth person that I ask. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's really delicious. What equipment do home cooks need to use this book? Well, you do need an ice cream maker. That is the one like the one make it or break it piece of equipment that you have to have. Um, there are a lot of things online and I've gotten a lot of questions about, well, how do you make ice cream if you don't have an ice cream maker? And I've seen all the hacks and uh, tried a few, um, but they're always going to give you kind of a hacked texture. And if you're taking the time to like make this ice cream base and put all this labor into it, like you really just need to break down and get the machine and put it in the machine. And honestly, it's, they're not that expensive. Um, I think the Cuisinart ones run between 60 and $80. And then there are lower cost machines as well on the market. And then um, it's one of the more common things that you can find on Craigslist. And, you know, I have friends who share machines between each other sometimes as well. So the machine is really the one piece of equipment that you need to have. Um, and there's a section on the machines that talk about what different machines are available, how each of them work, what I think is favorable about each different style, and then I sort of leave it up to the reader to make a choice for themselves. Um, even those hand-crank ones with ice and salt are a really great, great option. And other than that, um, you need a pot, you need a couple bowls, um, you need some ice, and a whisk and a spatula. And there's an optional step to strain your ice cream, which will give it a really, really smooth texture. Um, But if you don't have a strainer and you don't want to wash it, you don't have to strain your ice cream. There are a lot of infusions to flavor the ice cream that need to be strained out. So if you do choose one of those flavors, um, you do need a strainer if you're going to get the tea back out of your chai tea um, frozen yogurt. Where? 
can we find you in Chicago and where can we find you on the web? Um, in Chicago, I am lurking around any of the restaurants with the name Publican on it. Uh, so Publican Quality Meats is our butcher shop slash uh, retail outlet slash sandwich shop slash pie shop um, with freezer cases of pints of ice cream and cookie cases that I sell every day. Um, across the street is the Publican restaurant, the big beer hall, and um, we have ice cream on that menu. And then we have Publican Anchor in Wicker Park, and there's ice cream on that menu too. Um, and then um, on the web, I have hello, my name is icecream.com. And that website houses a lot of information for the book right now, but it will live on to house um, reader submissions. So there's a blog where readers can go and submit the flavors that they're creating with the book. Um, you can post pictures and talk about, you know, if you took, you know, the coffee base and mixed it with the cookie and marshmallows or, you know, combine different things or use the blank slate base to invent a different flavor. So I just built uh, sort of a place where all of the readers go and share what they were creating with the book. And it was a little selfish on my part because I secretly just want to see what everybody's making. Totally. That's great. Thanks for sharing the joy of ice cream. And thanks for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Well, thank you for having me.